Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all your favorite podcasting apps and, of course, is a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Thank you once and always for listening to this show. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a absolutely great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today as the Minnesota Vikings went into Buffalo, took an early lead, fell behind, looked like looked like it was just kind of like, okay, it's one of those games, looked like Philadelphia all over again. Then they gave us a little hope, then things kind of went back the wrong way again. And then, oh my God, we might win this. Okay, we're not going to win it. Okay, maybe we will. Oh, no, no, we're not going to. And then we did. The Minnesota Vikings defeated the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, New York, 33-30. to Oh my goodness. Yeah, a lot of people saying this was probably one of the most exciting, uh, dramatic, fascinating games in Vikings history the last several years. This one did have that 98 feeling to it. 1998, when Randy Moss came on the scene, came into Lambeau Field for the first time, and the Vikings went 5-0 and against a 4-0 and Green Bay Packers team who had two years ago won the Super Bowl and one year ago lost the Super Bowl to the Denver Broncos. This Buffalo team has been considered a Super Bowl contender, maybe the best team in the entire NFL, maybe yet for some strange reason at 6-3 and three because their division is so darn good. They're third place right now because, remember, they lost to the Jets last week. Buffalo Bills have lost two games in a row, despite the fact Josh Allen looked awfully good today. Uh, coming back when a lot of people thought Case Keenum was going to be back with his miracle uh, partner, with uh, Stefan Diggs, who made a spectacular catch. Justin Jefferson made a spectacular catch in this game. Both of them were one-handed, phenomenal plays. Maybe the two best receivers in all of football. You got other guys like Devontae Adams. You got this spectacular receiver, that spectacular receiver all over the league. And then, my goodness, it was kind of like a can you top this? Like Dominique Wilkins versus Larry Bird. Michael Jordan versus, uh, I don't know, (laughs) Maybe it was Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird, Dominique Wilkins versus whoever, uh, Dr. J versus Larry Bird. It was that kind of day, that kind of historical vibe to it. And some people might say, because this happens a lot, where two teams end up playing each other in the regular season in an epic battle from the two different conferences, and it ends up being a preview of the Super Bowl. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? But if it is a preview of the Super Bowl, I sure hope the right team wins that game. And that would be the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Buffalo, obviously, if it's not the Vikings and Buffalo's there, more than likely I'd be cheering for the Buffalo Bills against, say, the Philadelphia Eagles, of course. Screw the Eagles and anybody else who might win the NFC with maybe the exception of San Francisco. Uh, Buffalo definitely would be uh, at the top of my list. Both quarterbacks had one touchdown and two interceptions. It was a rough, rough day. It was windy. It was cold, just like working outside the last couple days. uh, Super cold for myself working outside as I'm toughing it out and all that, getting it done, getting the work done, and of course still able to keep up with the show. And who wouldn't want to keep up with the show right now? Of course, I'm starting the first segment significantly later than I normally would because I had to get some work done, obviously, or kind of obviously, and then uh, work around this, work around that, and get caught up in the fourth quarter because I had to actually start work around that time and getting caught up listening to it, but then getting caught up with everything afterward as well. Uh, when I had the chance, of course, while eating, basically, after working outside. Here I am talking about this game as the Green Bay Packers and Dallas Cowboys are in overtime right now. Interesting how the Packers in OT against one of the better teams in the NFL 
and the Vikings and Packers or Bears or whatever the heck they're called. The Cowboys will be playing next week. Yet another huge test for this team that continues to answer the bell week in, week out, regardless of the situation at home, on the road, good, uh, playing good, playing bad, playing spectacular, their opponents playing unbelievable, and being one of the best teams in the league, games we would always lose in the past. It is just an unbelievable season. The Vikings are now 8-1 and one in a situation where I mean, you're just, it has that magical season feeling where, and it's starting to look like Judd Zolgad's pick of 11 and 1. The Vikings getting to a point where they're 11 and 1. It's starting to look more and more realistic and more and more possible, which is pretty darn crazy. You got to see Delvin Cook burst for an 81 yard touchdown. That's when you started thinking, well, okay, I guess we're back in the game now. Uh, after again, the Vikings had that really awesome opening drive. Buffalo went 3 and out. You saw a couple of great plays to Justin Jefferson, which ultimately wound up with a 22-yard touchdown. And the Vikings up 7 nothing. It's like, ooh, and you could just feel like this is going to be one heck of a game. Little did we know how great of a game it would be. Yet at the same time, how ugly things would turn for the Vikings not so long after that. As Buffalo was like, okay, okay, you think you're something, Minnesota? You really think you're something? And they started giving you the feeling like it's the Philadelphia Eagles all over again, particularly in the NFC title game, but even earlier in the season. And it's like, yeah, Philadelphia-Buffalo, that's going to be the Silver Bowl. Just watch. Or frickin' Kansas City again. God. Which could easily happen. The Chiefs uh, could be Chiefs and Vikings. Could be Bills and Vikings. Could be Chiefs and Eagles. It could be anything. Could be anything. We'll have to wait and see. Could be the Giants still. You never know how good the Giants are going to be. The Cowboys, yeah, they're not going to the Super Bowl. And if they do, that'd suck. And I'd cheer, cheer against them against just about anybody uh, I don't even want to think about that one matchup that just went through my head. Uh, that's when that that's one of those games where you just hope both teams disappear into the X zone or something. If it's the Chiefs and the Cowboys, yuck. Ugh, no thanks. Seriously, no. Uh, Buffalo would end up scoring 17 consecutive points, including a Tyler Bass 34-yarder, where the Vikings kept the Bills out of the end zone by the skin of our teeth. Devin Singletary would finish up a couple of impressive drives. And again, where the Vikings look like uh, just, you know, like that shell defense looked mediocre like it has uh, time and time again during this season. And again, Josh Allen looking as sharp as ever. Of course, bursting loose on some plays. Third and long after third and long, the Buffalo Bills would complete several times throughout this game. They would convert, not complete. It was insanely frustrating. Uh, Duke Johnson had some really, really nice returns. He actually had 157 return yards in the game. Very impressive day for him. Naheem Hines had three punt returns and actually returned them you know, about eight, eight, eight yards a clip. That's not too bad. Rigger was kind of like Marcus Jarrell's, just average. Nwangwu had a pretty long one along the way and ultimately wound up with about a 28-yard, uh, tw- excuse me, 29-yard return average. Good for him as he kept the Vikings in good field position. No touchbacks for Ryan Wright, but nothing in the 20 either. Sam Martin also, both Punters were absolutely phenomenal, about 50 yards per punt in the game. So you appreciate that very much. Uh, Hunter and Smith, Zedarius anyway, that Smith, had a, uh, each had a sack in the game. Buffalo Bills, Von Miller, Espinenza, Basham, and Oliver shared one with Lawson. Shaq, Shaquille, Shaq Lawson were all a thorn in the side as the Vikings drives late in the game that we thought were going to end up being wins. Uh, or we're going to end up like being like, we're going to win the game now, and great things are going to happen. Next thing you know, Kirk Cousins is starting to get sacked suddenly. And again, a couple of sacks by Hunter and Smith, one each 
for the two phenomenal uh, pass rushers in Minnesota. Two interceptions for Patrick Peterson today, including the game winner. I don't know why I'm jumping ahead that quickly, um, but because I'm a dummy, right? Oh, Green Bay took over, right? Yeah, they did. Green Bay did take over. Oh, 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 maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, you know, showing that the Cowboys are fairly vulnerable, and of course Green Bay, when they're serious, can be pretty dangerous. Rodgers actually way, way better today. Let's just be honest about that. Um, where am I even going with this? Uh, again, once it was 17-7, to 7, you figure, okay, whatever. I mean, we have a chance. We'll see. Vikings did generate a decent drive. They went up with a 27-yard field goal. Again, the Vikings, another drive stalled and had us kind of cursing and all that, but at least Craig Joseph made the kick. Um, so you felt okay with that, a 27-yarder. Greg Joseph made his kicks and everything, but he missed an extra point, which was really annoying down the stretch, much later in the game. We'll get to that later, uh, which was not his fault at all, by the way. Um, Justin Jefferson, overall, again, like we talked about, one of those Randy Moss coming on the scene type of games, even though it's like he's not really necessarily coming on the scene anymore. It's his third year. Randy Moss was a rookie. Um, again, both players made unbelievable, phenomenal catches, Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson. But Justin Jefferson, at the end of the day, would win the day with 193 yards and, of course, got the touchdown real early. Diggs actually was denied the end zone throughout the entire day, thankfully. Uh, just so many things to get to, and I'm going to leave some things out, and I just know I am because this first segment would go on for like a month if you went back and forth with all the drama and back and forth in this game. Um, again, at least Greg Joseph made the field goals he had to, and we didn't end up losing the game because of that, So, which is really scary. There's always that possibility something stupid could happen, and then we end up losing the game. But just the, the resilience, the strength, the ability to win close games with this team is the biggest difference with this football team versus even the 98 Vikings, who went 15-1 and when, well, obviously the season was still 16 games. It just recently changed last season. Um, the difference with that 98 Vikings team is they kept blowing people out, blowing people out, blowing people out, and then they'd have a close game against, say, a Tampa Bay Bucks, and they'd, and they'd lose. And then a close back-and-forth game when it looked like the Vikings were going to blow out the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC title game and ended up losing that one in a heartbreaking fashion. Where this team just seems to get it together and get the job done despite the tough conditions, despite bad things happening. Like Kirk Cousins' second interception was like a what-the-hell-was-that moment. What was that, Kirk? Like, that's game over right there when you make a crappy play like that. And you're just left thinking, okay, we lost, and then we didn't lost. Kirk Cousins didn't lose it. He stuck to it. Um, Dalvin Cook again with an 81-yard burst. As that time, he did get to see him turn on the Jets enough. And, of course, Desu had made a great block early on to help Dalvin Cook get going. He was able to break uh, past number 47 there for the touchdown. He had to break at least one tackle. He had to make a move around one guy. And then again, Justin Jefferson with a phenomenal block fairly early in that run. Set things up for Delvin Cook to suddenly go for a 81-yard play. This is again after Josh Allen sent the uh, Buffalo Bills into the locker room with a 24-10 lead, which had us all just kind of like, mm, great. This is just wonderful. It's just absolutely wonderful. And then it was kind of a back and forth. Uh, every opportunity we thought we had wouldn't work. The Buffalo Bills sputtered a little bit in that third quarter. But then late 
In the third quarter, Tyler Bass's 45-yarder put the Bills up 27-10, which was the biggest lead of the game. 17-point lead in Buffalo late in the third quarter. And you somehow win the game? How? How does that happen? I I, I don't know. It, it, it happened, though. It, it happened. It, it's not a... Not a joke. It happened. It really did. <laughs> Seventeen point deficit heading into the fourth quarter. Wow, absolutely nuts. Well, no, it wasn't heading into the fourth quarter, but getting later and later into the game, getting late into the third quarter, looked like we might be heading into the fourth, trailing by all that. And then Dallin Cook again right away on first and ten at the nineteen just was gone. He's loose, as Paul Allen would say. And it's like, wow, this is real. And yeah, the Packers just won in overtime apparently. Oh, yeah, because Dallas sputtered. So once the Packers were able to make the field goal, they defeated the Chicago... No, they defeated the Dallas Cowboys, which they did many, 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 many times. The Packers have beaten the Cowboys so many times, it's unbelievable. Sometimes you just own a team. Like how the 49ers own the Packers. And, uh, yep, and how the Packers own the Cowboys. And they beat their old coach and all that stuff. Isn't that cute? So the Packers finally win again. <laughs> Rogers with those big eyes, four and six, so I can switch over to the wild game now. <laughs> ah, great. Well, the Packers won, and they're playing against uh, next week's opponent, the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about that in segment number two. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but um, my goodness, I mean, you've, you, you know, it's like, okay, we're going into the fourth quarter, Trailing by 10, we're probably not going to win, but oh well, maybe we'll make this close, maybe we'll be okay. And if you lose, you lose, it is what it is, we're probably not going to win. It's freaking Buffalo. But then the Vikings defense just kind of kept Buffalo in check. You notice how Buffalo stuck at 27, stuck at 27, stuck at 27. The bend but don't break uh, shell defense of uh, Ed Donatel didn't break. It just didn't break. It just didn't, thankfully. It kind of did, though, when we needed them to stop. When we needed them to get the stop when we needed it the most, it almost did break, but it didn't. It didn't break. It, it bent, but it didn't break. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, C.J. Ham, after a phenomenal drive by the Vikings, again, an unbelievable catch by Justin Jefferson, putting the Vikings at the two-yard line. C.J. Ham was able to get into the end zone. <laughs> to make it a four-point game, but then Greg Joseph missed because, you know, the strange situation with Christian Derrissaw, unfortunately, being in um, concussion protocol at the time, you needed Garrett Bradbury to go out there for the extra point, and there was confusion. It's like, okay, get get out there, get out there, and then next thing you know, in order to get the, you know, uh, Greg Joseph had to rush the extra point and all that, and he missed. So that was more on just special teams in general, special teams coaching and such, reminding Garrett Bradbury where to be, and on Garrett Bradbury as well a bit, as unfortunately he's been basically like a lightning rod figure for the Minnesota Vikings uh, offensive line for the last few years here now, unfortunately. And uh, Garrett Bradbury, despite the fact he's having a significantly better season, generally. Um, But uh, Greg Joseph missing that kick, it's like, okay, well, if we're going to win now, we have to score a touchdown, right? We have to. And unfortunately, uh, opportunities would falter. The Vikings would fail on fourth down. Wow. Connor DeWer finally scored a goal. Short-handed. That's cool. Sorry, I'm distracted here. This ain't Brave the Wild or anything, is it? But yeah, do check that out. That's going to be on the... Then, uh, then it'll be... That one will finally debut on the on the hockey 
Podcast Network, same group of guys and everything. Hockey Podcast Network, Pig, Pigskin Podcast Network. What the heck was that? The guy just fell. That's embarrassing, man. He just fell. The San Jose Shark just fell. God, that looks like me trying to skate. Just fell. Yeah, you know, nothing nothing happened. He didn't trip or anything. He just fell. Sorry. Um, but no, the offense would sputter. We'd fail on fourth down. Uh, Kirk Cousins just couldn't get in. We had to score a touchdown because we're down by four. Had to score a touchdown, fourth and one at the goal line. Just couldn't freaking get in. It was so disappointing. It's like, okay, we lost. But you know what? We're going to stand up and applaud. What an amazing, amazing day. You guys almost beat the best team in the league on the road. Or one of the best teams. However you want to look at the Buffalo Bills. But uh, you deserve applause. Great job. And then <laughs> the Buffalo Bills end up... Jeff Josh Allen in particular, because the ball is at the one, ends up fumbling in the end zone. Like, okay, it's a safety. It's a safety. The Vikings are going to get the ball back and only down by two. It's a safety. No, it was a touchdown recovered by Eric Kendricks. Unbelievable. And Greg Joseph made the extra point there. So a field goal would not win the game for Buffalo. And all this excitement, like the Vikings are going to win the game and all that stuff. But no, there's, there's still like 41 seconds left on the clock. You do realize that, right? There's a lot of time on the clock still. So, I mean, let's not get super excited just yet. Because, I mean, we saw what just happened, right? We we saw what's happened throughout this day. Josh Allen's been pretty sharp. Of course, he'd been struggling. He'd been sucking. He'd been throwing interceptions. Or, well, interception and all that. That helped the Vikings' chances and all that. He'd been struggling, and the momentum was suddenly on the Vikings' side. He might actually beat the Buffalo Bills after trailing for so long in this game. And everything felt like it was on Buffalo's side. And then, again, Delvin Cook's huge run late in that third quarter started it all. He was like the igniter, like Paul Molitor igniting a rally for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, and much later in his career with the Minnesota Twins, he was the igniter. He was the Paul Molitor in that sense, I guess you could say. And next thing you know, the Vikings are up. But, of course, the shell defense, you don't want to give up the big, up, the big play. But they, all they need is a field goal. And odds are he's going to make it. Thankfully, the Vikings kept the Bills out of the end zone because that would have done it with five seconds remaining. Tyler Bass makes a chip shot kick, and unfortunately, the game is tied. We're going to OT. <sighs> By God's grace, the Minnesota Vikings win the uh, the toss, which doesn't guarantee anything, though, unfortunately, because Buffalo Bills get to decide what direction we're going, and it's a windy, cold, cold, windy day, colder than ever. Despite what some people believe about the Earth getting warmer, it was a damn cold day today and a damn cold week. Um, it was a very, very cold week. And it's been cold a lot uh, during November, the last several years now. <clears throat> Anyhow, um, and you got to see the flurries there, just like we saw them here during the game. Buffalo Bills forced the Vikings to go against the wind. We get the ball, but they get to decide the direction, the goal they're going to defend or whatever. And the Vikings go against the wind, put up a very, very impressive drive, another insane catch by Justin Jefferson. But unfortunately, it was a sideline type of a play. You think, I mean, you're hoping and praying, oh my God, he's going to be loose. And once he's in the end zone, the game's over. The good part at the same time is, though, you can run the ball. Now you can run the ball. Delvin Cook was able to continue to, to run and make some great plays after he'd stunk so bad earlier in the game. Delvin Cook was, wasn't making plays. He was dropping the ball and he was, you know, he did, he just looked mediocre and old and average and all that stuff. And then the 81-yard play happened and all that. Uh, but of course, unfortunately, you're still behind. So you're not going to run too much. 
but in OT, Delvin Cook helped get the Vikings where they needed to be. Justin Jefferson made that unbelievable catch down the stretch, <clears throat> and that uh, ended up helping the Vikings get the lead. Unfortunately, could not get in the end zone. Similar situation. Obviously, you're not going to go for it there. You might as well take the damn lead and hope that your defense can make the stop, because if they simply make a stop, make the stop, the game's over. Of course, Buffalo will have every opportunity to go for it on fourth down still, because they're going to. If they have to score, they don't score, the game's over. That's how overtime works once you're down. And of course, any type of a touchdown by either team is a win right away. So, yeah, regardless if the first team scores a field goal, this and that, you kind of got the point there. Um, that one again. Greg Joseph makes the kick. You feel like a million bucks. I mean, again, we thought we were going to lose at the goal line. Buffalo Bills fumbling the snap, which is just unbelievable. And Eric Kendrick's recovering for the touchdown to get the lead. We got this, baby. We got this. And then, of course, Buffalo marches down the field. Maybe they're going to score a touchdown, but at least get a field goal. They'll probably beat us in overtime. But, well, momentum's on our side, so maybe, maybe, maybe. Woohoo. Um, the drive, unfortunately, sputters miserably. Tackles for loss and all that. Sacks and tackles for loss. Vikings have to settle for the kick. They make it. Greg Joseph, anyway, makes it. And then next thing you know, Josh Allen is completing passes. And, well, not even really completing passes. He's running. And he's running and he's running and he's running. One play after another. And it's like, oh, goody. Well, they're doing exactly what we did. You don't want to get the turnover. Just run the ball. Hope for the best. Maybe they tie it up. Oh, goody. And then the next score wins the game. Or maybe they beat us with a touchdown. And I think I was like, they're going to beat us. You can just feel it. And I know it's a negative attitude, but you could just feel it. But then you, then there's always that feeling in the back of your head. There's something different about this team. They they just, they. I mean, look, look how they won last week in Washington when it felt like we were going to get beat in another crappy trap game and we're going to get beat. And the Vikings won. And other games this season, it's been that way as well. And then and then it's like, okay, so what's going to be the saving grace this time? Could it be? Could it be they're going to actually throw the ball and we're going to get an interception and the game is going to end just like that? And that's exactly what did eventually happen after a couple of scary runs by Josh Allen. Looked like he could run on us in his sleep. He could run on the Vikings blindfolded on 3rd and 15 and get 16. It's just going to happen. 84 yards on the ground, by the way, and average 14 a carry, which is crazy. Only six carries, but they were all like, you know, back-breaking, you know, third and long type of conversions, which drove us absolutely nuts. Uh, and in this case, they were first and second down type conversions, which, again, were back-breaking at times and irritating like you wouldn't believe. Um, but then Josh Allen tries to force a play, and... I don't know, he tried to go underneath when maybe he should have tried to do throw it high and hope for the best. Try to sail it in there, throw it high, hope for the best. Maybe it's just a throwaway, or maybe the receiver makes the big play, and the, and the uh, I believe it was Davis, makes the play, uh, Gabe Davis, and then the, the, the Buffalo Bills win the football game. Unfortunately, he went underneath, and <laughs> unfortunately for the Bills anyway, wonderful for us. And future Hall of Famer Patrick Peterson gets his second interception of the day. And, oh, my goodness, it was just unbelievable. Also, the play before that, Duke Shelley made a game-saving knockaway in the end zone as well because the Buffalo Bills wanted to win the game. They didn't want to screw around anymore and give the Vikings a chance to win it on a field goal or a touchdown or God knows what. 
Buffalo Bills were like, we got to end this now. That's where they tried to force some plays in the end zone. And Duke Shelley, who was just picked up off the practice squad, called up or whatever, you know, activated, should we say, makes the deflection, the biggest pass deflection of his life. Thank you, Duke Shelley. You rock. We really appreciate you. Really do, and I'm not kidding. Um, and then there's the interception by uh, Patrick Peterson as they try to go underneath. There you go, it being Jake Allen. Jake Allen. Did I call him Jake Allen? Josh Allen. I'm talking like uh, Montreal Canadiens goalie. <laughs> That's got hockey on the mind. <laughs> I apologize for that. I really do. Josh Allen goes underneath, and, well, that was the end. Once the interception's made... It's over. The Vikings win. And again, just imagine if this was the Super Bowl and the drought's over and we beat a team that ends up going 0-5. Their drought continues. But we win. We're world champions. Oh my God. It just kind of had that feeling for a minute there. But then we all have to put in perspective and realize this was a regular season game. Extremely exciting. It's wonderful. You're 8-1. and You're probably number two in the NFL now. I, I, maybe three, considering uh, depending on how you feel about the Chiefs. They had a cream puff opponent today, so I don't know. Um, Chiefs, Vikings, and uh, Eagles, of course, are the three best teams in the league. And it's not like the Chiefs blew out the Jaguars either. They only won by 10 at home. Um, wow, nice. Somebody interesting one today. That's cool. Sorry, I'm losing it here. You'll find out who that is much later. Huh. Mm. <coughs> There's a couple of interesting games today, but this was the game of the day. Packers winning in, in uh, against Dallas at home. It's okay. It's nice for them. Been all that. Woohoo! Uh, you know they're 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 not good. they're not done yet. Watch out. But again, you got to put it in perspective. This is a regular season game. I wish so much this was the NFC Championship game, the Super Bowl, whatever it was. I wish so much it was because I mean. Yeah. Getting to the Super Bowl and winning it just would mean the world to me, and I'm sure many, many other Viking fans. An insanely impressive win, and probably the most dramatic, entertaining, exciting football games in Vikings history. One of the most, probably top four all time. Uh, like it's in like the Mount Rushmore. Uh, I think the most recent one is probably the. It's probably the um, Packer game. Yeah, like I said earlier, 98, Randy Moss's spectacular day. Uh, unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable day where the Vikings went in and beat what was called the best team in the league, Green Bay, in their house. Uh, the Packers had absolutely owned the Vikings the past few years, particularly in that place, in Lambeau Field. And uh, that was just an absolutely great day in early October, a rainy night in October and all that. And this one kind of had that feeling today. Justin Jefferson, 191 yards and a TD. And again, the kind of catch that looked like it was going to be intercepted. Uh, it could have easily been an incomplete pass, but the, the concentration and the unbelievable just ability to make that catch just had us all feeling like a $100 million. It really did. Again, it's a regular season game, so it wasn't even a, a wild card game. And you wouldn't want to win a wild card with a team this good. You wouldn't want to win a wild card game in overtime unless you absolutely had to. Uh, NFC Championship and Super Bowl basically uh, are what I'm hoping for the most. Absolutely. I mean, even winning the divisional round, it was cool and everything. But then we had the, just the rainy, depressing day in Philadelphia. Quite different from the rainy day in Green Bay. 
several years uh, earlier. So feels like a hundred years ago already going into Philadelphia and getting killed by the Eagles. Both times, that, you know, the, the real recent one earlier this year and, of course, the other uh, one back in 17. It's just, let's try not to think about that. Maybe this football team is just completely different. It's a totally different vibe, no doubt about it. And, my goodness, that's why this is such a long segment because this is, this is one of those games. This is like, imagine how long the first segment would have been when the Vikings went 5-0 and against the Green Bay Packers and people like Al Michaels were like, whew, that's a pretty good team. That's the best team in the NFC now. Holy cow. Um, it's sad to think we might not even be the best team in the NFC yet because of the freaking Eagles. And technically we're not. We lost to the Eagles, so we're not there yet. If this was college football, we'd probably be third in the country right now. Number three, probably, behind the uh, Eagles and Chiefs. Eagles would be number one, Chiefs two, Vikings three. That's my guess. Maybe the Vikings are number two and the Chiefs are three. Kind of depends on how you look at it. But um, with that... The Fran Tarkington Award winner for this day is Justin Jefferson. There were many heroes. There were bad moments by Kirk Cousins, but then he was clutch again when it mattered most, and he, he didn't get nervous. He didn't fall apart. He got the job done. I just keep praying that this that this that this will never end. This will be the immortal year where you never do get beat in the end. You never do get knocked out of the playoffs or beat in the Super Bowl where right? the Cinderella ride ends. This it's time to it's time for it to end, and I'm praying that, that this is the year. Obviously, it's a long, 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 long way to go. We're nine games in, a 17-game season, and you got to win at least three games to win a Super Bowl, if not four. So it's a long way to go, and you got to win all four in a row if you're a wild card. And everybody's a wild card except the two top seeds in the National Football League. So AFC and NFC. Um, most of you know that already, but just in case you didn't, <laughs> or it's just a cute little reminder considering the circumstances of an 8-1 and one Minnesota Vikings team. Uh, the the uh, Christian Pond Memorial, I mean, does it have to go to Bradbury? I don't want to pick on Greg Joseph. I mean, he made the kick he needed to mostly. That obnoxious missed extra point, again, was not his fault. Could it go to Bradbury? I mean, that might have cost us the game. That might have cost us the game, missing that. And, of course, again, he struggled. Uh, the injury bug was kind of scary. I'm hoping that uh, Harrison Smith, hopefully it's just a calf, or excuse me, a uh, cramp in the calf for Harrison Smith, and that's it. Christian Derrissaw, hopefully he's going to be okay and be back again because uh, kind of important. Christian Derrissaw is one of the best left tackles in the world. He's like considered top three, like all pro level right now. And, well, you win a Super Bowl, you have a left tackle like that protecting Kirk Cousins' uh, you know, backside, so to speak. So his, his, his blind side. It's so important that you have an all-pro left tackle like that. Super Bowl caliber teams have guys like that, and hopefully the Vikings can do that. Hopefully Christian Durasau is going to be okay, and um, this, this, that this continues. This, this, this ride does lead to immortality once and for all, and it'd be so beautiful. With that, we'll take a quick break and uh, look at next week's opponent and, of course, look around the league before that.
And we are back here on Purple Mafia of the Pigskin Podcast Network. And, of course, we are going to hear from DraftKings now. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. Yep, very cool, and definitely I've been enjoying it very much as well. Download that DraftKings app with payouts bigger than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL, and it is. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and place a $5 pregame money line to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And if TPPN, actually put in THPN for now, the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Of course, you will be seeing the disclaimer. And now we look around the National Football League and all that and discuss the Vikings' history with the Cowboys. Seems like we're talking about the Vikings and Cowboys every couple of minutes. Anybody betting uh, the Vikings on DraftKings at Buffalo? You you came out feeling good today, didn't you? Sure did, eh? Sure did. So get on the DraftKings and keep keep making money. Keep betting on the Vikings, I suppose. But, well, I better be careful. You never know. <laughs> Don't make the wrong bet at the wrong time. <laughs> or Detroit going into Chicago or something. Atlanta, Carolina, that's Thursday night football at its finest. Carolina wins again, though, regardless. 25-15. to 15. I like Thursday night football. It just sucks that some of the matchups have been so crappy. It's just rotten luck, and then everybody keeps piling on and piling on and hating on Thursday night football. Thursday night football has been around for a long time, actually, but it was usually later in the season they'd start to pop up when the dra- uh, you know the uh, the playoff chases would really start picking up, and of course rivalries and you know in- interconference rivalries and such, and playoff seating and all that cute stuff. But the Carolina Panthers win by ten over the. NFC South division rival Atlanta Falcons are dropped to four and six. Carolina is now three and seven. Oh goody! It's funny to think they've already lost seven games. PJ Walker completed ten of sixteen passes for 108 yards for Carolina, but Donta Foreman was the big star with 130 yards and a couple, and a touchdown anyway. Marcus Mariota was adequate, but he had an interception in the game as well, which didn't help. Cordero Patterson, you just never know what to expect. Some days he's, he's Adrian Peterson level, and the next week he's just, eh, and he only rushed five times in the game as well. I'm not sure what to make of that. Uh, Chenault Jr., a multi-threat with a couple of catches for 17 yards, but also ran for 42 and a touchdown for Carolina, and they get the job done. But that defensive line of Carolina, or defensive pass rush anyway, we'll just leave it at that. A couple of sacks for Marquise Hayes Sr., and Frankie Louvu. Hmm. Rolls right off your tongue, huh? Frankie Louvu. All right. Four sacks between those two guys. Pretty damn impressive. And Carolina gets the job done. That's the highlight of the day. You head to Germany. Now we get football in Germany. What's next? Football in uh, France. Football in Spain. Football in, uh, football in uh, I don't know. Just, it's, it's somewhere. It's somewhere, someplace. It's in Europe. Uh, maybe it'll be in Greece. Maybe it'll be in Lebanon. Okay, I don't know. 
21 to 16. The Tampa Bay Schmucks defeat the Sea Chickens. Actually, not a bad football game. And um, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers stop a rally by Seattle, 13 points in the fourth quarter, but ultimately do not win the football game. The Bucks had kept the Seahawks to zilch going into halftime, 14 nothing Tampa. The Bucks finally score a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but midway through to make it 21-3, to you think, okay, it's over. Seattle comes rolling back. Geno Smith, a couple of touchdown passes to get Seattle in position to possibly do something special. Geno Smith very sharp again. Tom Brady, sharp, except for the stinking interception. Leonard Fournette in one of those kind of trick plays through an INT, unfortunately for him, and also ran the ball into the end zone. Rakad Wright, Rakad White, Cut jumping on the scene with 105 yards for the Bucks. Good for him on the ground rushing, of course. Chris Goodwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones all kind of factoring in with this weird Tampa Bay team. Each uh, Chris Goodwin and Julio Jones getting touchdowns for the Bucks. Ryan Suckup missed a field goal attempt, unfortunately for him. But the Bucks end up winning the game. They're now back to 500, so we'll see. It's a long climb to get to Minnesota level, isn't it? But they are leading the NFC South at the moment. There is some real tough competition as Carolina is knocking on the door. Ooh, ooh. No, they're not. Next, uh, we'll skip that one for now because it's much later. That is the NFC North. Tennessee Titans beating the Bills. Tennessee Titans beating the Bills, 6-3, and three, leading the NFC South. Uh, did I call them the Bills? The Broncos. The Broncos are back to sucking. Big surprise. 3-6 and six on the season now. 17-10. to 10. Wahoo. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's back again. Good for him. So no, uh, yeah, no uh, Willis at the moment. So And that's fine. Willis will have his day in the sun, I'm sure. Ryan Donahill, not sharp necessarily, but good enough. Kept uh, Did not throw an interception. To, uh, kept off the turnover board. And Derrick Henry, another running back who was just absolutely insanely good just a couple of years ago. And now already, oh, he's slowing down. He's getting old. My goodness, I feel so bad for uh, running backs in the NFL and how it's like, oh boy, you don't want to pay running backs because it's always going to happen. And then you have guys like Latavius Murray, who was considered a veteran in 2017. Still going strong. He's a member of the Denver Broncos, unfortunately for him. Um, only 24 yards, but hey, you know, carving out a career, good for him. It wasn't a great game and they were behind most of the way and all that. Broncos stink. They just stink. And what a waste of money. Uh, Demarcus Walker with a couple, uh, well, with a sack and a half along with uh, Rashad Weaver, also a sack and a half for Tennessee. They are in first place, and we'll see. They might be a threat. Kansas City, that's the other team that might be uh, in the way of the Vikings, say if there's like a college football ranking system. They're 7-2 and two on the year. Shoot, that's how close it was. The Vikings and Chiefs could have both been 7-2 and two right now. If the Vikings lost today, but Vikes are 8-1. First place in the AFC West, big shocker. 3-7 and seven, AFC South. Jacksonville Jaguars lose again. And to Kansas City, again, shock of the year that this one went to Kansas City. They were up 20 to nothing at one point. And Jacksonville kind of kind of, sort of got back in it, but ultimately did not win the game. Trevor Lawrence did not turn the ball over and was actually pretty sharp in the game. 106 quarterback rating. Mahomes was pretty much spectacular again with four touchdowns, but did have an INT, unfortunately. And uh, Pacquiao also with a fumble loss. It's Kansas City's, you know, they're a pesky defense Christian Kirk with 105 yards in the air. Good for him. And Ed, Etony Jr., I keep struggling with that one, with uh, 45 yards on the ground. But they were playing from behind pretty much the whole way. Uh, Valdez Scantling, the former Packer speedster. Again, I'm sure they miss him. 
Jarek McKinnon also receiving with 56 yards in the game. Good for him. And only ran for two. Only one rush for Jarek McKinnon because they have Pashi out, baby, who did fumble the ball, but at 82 yards on the ground. The Chiefs 7-2 and two and rolling. Miami Dolphins crushing the Cleveland Browns. Vince Vinrock, Vince Germano. Unfortunately, things not going so great. Um, I'm going to sidetrack here for a second because, I, you know, Vince Germano's from Australia. And I've discovered something interesting. Now that I'm on a megaphone instead of... Um, instead of HipCast with Purple Mafia and basically my other shows, one on Anchor, Freedom of Thoughts on Anchor, and the other two sports shows also on uh, uh, Megaphone, you can get a perspective now as to what countries and such and even cities are listening to your show. I'm going to move it over to country again, but apparently there's a little presence in Norway and Singapore. What do you think of that? Spain, Australia, of course. Thank you very much, Vince Germano. Singapore, you know, Singapore has gotten some downloads. Norway, of all places. Isn't that cool? So, hello to those of you out there if you're listening in Singapore. Maybe maybe it's Jim Hammond <laughs> of the Final Hour Podcast and, of course, Living Word Christian Center. Uh, maybe maybe he's, maybe he's in Singapore right now uh, being a missionary or helping out there. I'm not sure, but I'm just imagining. Or James Tan is listening. Who knows? But Norway. There's a presence in Norway, uh, United Kingdom. That makes me think about uh, Mad Martin. Isn't that the coolest thing ever? Um, I know there's a presence in Nebraska, and of course, uh, Gerald String, but it even shows that there's somebody listening in Nebraska, so that's cool when you can narrow it down to states. So I, I just think it's cool. This is the first time I can really see where people are listening from, because we didn't have this in, um, we didn't have this in, uh, uh, whatever they call it, uh, HipCast, unfortunately. Minneapolis, Minnesota does have the lead at 15%, but then you get Sheldon, Iowa. Interesting. Los Angeles, California. Maybe Anthony from L.A., huh? Rochester, New York. Hmm. Kelso, Washington. Omaha, Nebraska. Yep, there you go. Chicago, Illinois. Denver, Colorado. Oh, yeah. So maybe it's the guys over there in Colorado. Cambridge, Minnesota, and then so on and so forth. It doesn't go much further down, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, Minneapolis is the main presence. I suppose that would make sense, I suppose. But, well, you know, <laughs> still pretty cool to have an idea where people are listening from. I, I think it's really cool. So, finally, I can do that. Miami Dolphins over the, again, Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia. And it shows Melbourne, Australia, which is so cool. Um, 39, 39 to 17. Miami Dolphins look absolutely great. Again, dropping to 500 against the Vikings. And now, woof, they're a different football team again. They're that excellent, excellent football team that started out the year. Jacoby Brissett, respectable for Cleveland. He took care of the ball and this and that was game manager and all that. And then you have Tua who threw for three touchdowns and no turnovers. He's kind of he's kind of like another Mahomes right now. And he he kind of is. Like the numbers he's been putting up, like three or four hundred yards, three or four touchdowns week in and week out. Skylar Thompson completed a seventeen yard pass as well in the game, obviously, because, you know, it's time to run things down here. Terry Hill had a touchdown. Alec Ingold, Trent Sherfield. The ball was spread out all over the place. Nobody really had a huge uh, statistic day except Tua. And, of course, Jeff Wilson Jr. also ran for 119 yards, 7 yards a carry. Raheem Mostard also averaged 8.1 yards a carry. Miami just dominated all over the Cleveland Browns. 
in the game, and they're now 7-3. and three. They look absolutely awesome. Watch out for the Miami Dolphins, AFC. You never know. Maybe they're the ones going to the Super Bowl. New York Giants back to their winning weight. 7-2, second place in the NFC East because the freaking Eagles won't lose. Houston continues to suck. They're now 1-7-1 and, and looking at the number one pick overall in the NFL draft. Hopefully it's not David Carr all over again, but we'll see. <laughs> it's Davis Mills, baby. Woo-hoo. Daniel Jones only attempted 17 passes in the game, but was incredibly good. Basically perfect in his quarterback rating, just slightly below that. And then Sequin Barkley ran for 152 yards, but also it was a bell cow type of day. Technical football where you just keep handing the ball off and handing the ball off and handing the ball off. 35 rushes for Saquon Barkley. Only averaged, well, he averaged 4.3, which isn't that bad, but only a 27 long. One touchdown for Saquon Barkley. Again, Tech Mobile football, in my opinion. The Giants taking advantage of a crappy Houston team. 24-16, to 7-2. New York Giants, very much playoff-like. Uh, New Orleans Saints lose again. They're 3-7. Good night, Saints. They lose to an icky, yucky Pittsburgh team. 20-10. 3-6 are the Steelers. 3-7 are the sucky, crappy Saints. And boy, do I feel bad. I just feel awful. Oh, I feel so bad. Oh, oh, man, I'm so sad for the Saints. Oh, poor Elvin Kamara, only 26 yards. Oh, I feel so bad after rubbing it on our face a couple years back. Get the heck out of here. Merry Christmas to you, you schmuck. Mine's going to get out. He was crapping all over us on Christmas Day. That was great, wasn't it? Andy Dalton, a couple of interceptions. Taysom Hill was whatever he is. I don't know. They stink. I don't know. The, the Saints just stunk today. And the Steelers took care of business, I guess. Uh, Alex Highsmith with a couple of sacks. Good for him. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And TJ Watt had, well, no sacks, but he had four tackles overall. I know I had fun with that. TJ Watt's been impressive, and it's good to have him back playing again. There was some fear about that earlier in the season. So TJ Watt back playing again. But the Steelers are what they are. They're... I don't know. Kenny Pickett, I, I, I don't know. He's another one of those, you know, guys. Okay, he's a he's this, you know, early early in the draft kind of guy. Maybe not first round, maybe second, third round kind of guy. Maybe he is first round. He should be first round, right? And I think he was. Yeah, yeah, he was 20th. You know, fairly highly thought of and all that. Not not necessarily a franchise-changing quarterback, but we'll see and this and that. And he's, he's okay. We'll see. He's a rookie and it shows and stuff. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of green over there in Pittsburgh right now. Kind of green. We'll have to wait and see. Ugh. Colts, who just fired Frank Reich, got another win. That's kind of sad. Frank Reich's pretty good, but, well, I guess not. The Raiders suck big time. Josh McDaniels, goodbye, buddy. You stink. That's the second time now. Don't waste your time hiring Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I mean, what a waste. They should have kept the guy they had, and they didn't. And uh, they're paying for it. Losing to the Colts. And Matt Ryan's playing. Okay, maybe that's why they fired Frank Reich. They're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you putting in this rookie? What are you doing, Frank Reich? Well, Matt Ryan's back playing again. So that's probably what happened in Indianapolis. You just kind of put two and two together. And that's probably what happened. Devontae Adams, how does it feel? Well, the Packers stink too, but they're doing better than, uh, than you guys. 126 yards and a touchdown. Josh Jacobs also got in the end zone. Derek Carr threw for two touchdowns. I mean, you look at the Raiders on paper, you think, you know, they should be kind of decent, but they're just not. 
they're just not. And they have Amir Abdullah, which is funny. Uh, the defense doesn't it doesn't really stand out at you a whole lot. And I don't know, they're just not a winning football team, the Las Vegas Raiders. And I don't think they have a good coach either. I just don't. He's one of those guys, when they talk about the coaching tree and stuff, you, you, you pick that little bud, you pick that, you know, you'd like a little branch that you can maybe put in water and then it sprouts some roots and then you can plant it and it grows into this beautiful tree. That's not what happens for uh, Josh Jacobs when he comes off the uh, Bill Belichick coaching tree. It just wilts and dies and goes away. Matt Patricia, it wilts and dies and goes away. Um, and others as well. Romeo Cornell, you could go on all day. Uh, who, who's that other guy who uh, took over the Chiefs years ago when the Chiefs were sucky? It's hard to imagine the Chiefs sucking, but they sucked for quite a while, actually. Todd Haley, that's who it was. Um, I'm pretty sure he was with the Patriots at one point, wasn't he? And then he was offensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals, and they lost the Super Bowl to the frickin' Steelers in 2008, and then Haley got hired by the Chiefs, and everything went down the crapper because Haley sucked as a coach. Uh, a little too aggressive, just a little bit. Uh, talking about the Arizona Cardinals, they win the football game today, 27-17 over the LA Rams. All right, Arizona, actually very impressive, burying the world champion LA Rams. Very, uh, very small chance they even make the playoffs this year. They're three and six. Cool. I'm not feeling bad. You know, I mean, but that's the way it is. You're all in. You get the championship, and then you have to realize the facts that. Uh, you're probably not going to win again for a long time, but oh well, good riddance. Go away. Just just go away. I'm sick of Los Angeles this and Los Angeles that. John Wolford, whoever the heck that is, a touchdown and an interception. Yeah, I know. It's, he's, he's what he is. He's a backup. Um, Tyler Higby with 30, uh, 73 yards. But uh, Colt McCoy was quarterback of the Cardinals today. Colt McCoy. Mr. Highly thought of by Brad Childress many years ago. Wound up with Cleveland and was mediocre, and he's been kind of in and out and this and that. He's playing. Wasn't he in the same draft as, like, uh, uh, what was that guy's name? Jay Cutler? I believe he was, right? Wasn't he in the... No, maybe not that far back. And it wasn't Brad Childress. I got him mixed up with someone else. That's further back. I apologize. 2010. Okay. Well, he was fairly highly thought of, and he didn't do much with the Browns, and he didn't do much with this, and he didn't do much with that. Career-high 14 touchdown passes with the Browns in his second year. And, uh, he, well, he's got three touchdowns and an interception leading into this football game today. He was okay. I mean, he wasn't that highly thought of. He's a third-round pick, and but he's a name, and he, he did okay. He managed the game. He managed it on 37 attempts. That's a lot of managing, actually. But uh, 98 yards for DeAndre Hopkins on 10 catches. Rondell Moore also, who could be a big thre uh, threat at times. 94 yards on 9 catches. Okay, well, they get the job done. And J.J. Watt with a sack. That's the, And then Zach Allen also a sack. And Arizona gets the win and beats the Rams. Good for them. Um, backup versus backup in today's game. Uh, great, but well, Arizona got the job done and that's what matters, I guess. They're still alive, kind of, and the Rams are in last place. The world champion Rams. Chargers right now lead the San Francisco 49ers in uh, San Francisco, but the 49ers are in the red zone, apparently. But I'm not, actually, that game is not flashing on the screen yet. It will be very shortly. Minnesota Wilder and OT in San Jose after leading 2 nothing, They blow the lead as the Sharks kind of uh, flurry late and uh, force OT, which is really irritating. 
It looks like we might be going to a shootout here. Unless the Wild can score in the next 40 seconds. Then why are we having fourth liners on the ice in this situation? And Matt Dumba, who can't score for his life? Great. Okay, well, that makes perfect sense. At least we didn't give up a goal yet and lose the game. Sorry, I'm distracted. It's overtime in a hockey game, and it's 19 seconds left. Looks like at this point the Sharks will either win or we go to the shootout here, considering where we are. Anyhow, we'll get to the... Yeah, it's at center ice. They're going to probably end up in the shootout. So, let's talk about the NFC North here, if humanly possible. Detroit beat the Bits. Detroit beat the Bits after a very nice win last week for the Bits. 31-30, to Detroit wins their third game, and they're out of last place. They escape the cellar in the NFC North. Congratulations, Detroit. Back-to-back -back wins. All right, Dan Campbell, you knocked those, you knocked off those kneecaps today, didn't you? Well, something like that. Justin Fields, nice numbers, couple touchdowns, but he did have an INT. Not only 20 attempts, but he also showed his athleticism, which is, holy cow, he's dangerous. Wow, this guy's dangerous, and they're starting to realize what they have in Chicago. 147 yards in the ground. You talk about Josh Allen being dangerous. This guy's really dangerous with his feet. And Josh Allen kind of stunk with his arm for a couple of years. And then he came into U.S. Bank Stadium, and the birth of the Bills happened in that day, back in 2018, when Riley Reef, who I forgot his name last week to my chagrin, with the foot injury, got his ass kicked throughout the day. He had that sore feel, that bad foot or whatever, and got his butt kicked, and Kirk Cousins got crushed from the, uh, you know, the blind side over and over again. But anyhow, back to Justin Fields. 147 yards and a couple touchdowns. Watch out for Justin Fields. Holy cow, he's going to be good. He's going to be really good. Uh, Jared Goff with a touchdown pass. Jamal Williams receiving that one. Uh, not receiving, he ran it in, pardon me. Um, Brock Wright received it on just a two-yard play there. Uh, good for Brock Wright, I guess. Uh, Shane Zilstra had one attempt coming his way, but didn't happen. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown with 119 yards for the Detroit Lions, and they end up winning the football game, and congratulations. Uh, two sacks for Jack Sanborn of the Bears. Two sacks for Julian Okwara, Okwara of the Detroit Lions. Looks like both teams got stopped by the two goalies, respectively. Again, one of these days, I'll finally have a Brave the Wild episode. Um, Philip Gustafson, nice little save there. Number 32, Wild backup goaltender. On the blank, here's Kirill the Thrill, Kaprizov, skating up. Yep, we're doing hockey highlights at Purple Mafia here. He scores! Yep, all right. Yep, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, live hockey going on in the background on Purple Mafia when I'm talking about Detroit and Chicago. All right, well, enough about Detroit and Chicago. We don't have to worry about them, but there's a dangerous team now. They're still dangerous, even though their record stinks. The 4-6 and six Packers are second place. Second place, 31-28, to 28, thrilling overtime victory over the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, he made the stop. Yes, good. One more goal or one more stop, and the Wild win in the shootout. All right, 31-28, to 28, though. I'm sure the Packers are yelling yes, yes, yes as well in this one. As Green Bay trailed 28-14 going to that fourth quarter, but then they rallied again a fourth and seven from the 39-yard line. Aaron Rodgers to Christian Watson, 39-yard touchdown play. 
which got things going and gave the Packers a chance, which probably pissed off every Viking fan in town, and I'm sure it did. Packers then tied it up later on after a decent drive. Christian Watson, elementary, my dear, with another touchdown, seven yards out. Here it is, the wild win if the if Justin makes a stop, and he did not. Jiminy frickin' Christmas. Well, great. We go to the next round now with a frickin'... Uh, anyhow, that's what Viking fans were saying as well when Aaron Rodgers hit his... Uh, it's uh, Well, it's Sherlock and Watson, basically, right there. Sherlock Holmes and Watson there with the touchdown no, <laughs> for the Green Bay Packers. And then Packers able to get the stop and uh, do something down the stretch. Mason Crosby ends up getting a 28-yarder to wrap things up. Oh, did Boldy get stopped? Oh, come on. Fudge. Now, now the Sharks might end up winning the game. I hate the shootout because one little fluke play could cost you a game that you really should have won. And, and, and yeah, ha, he lost the puck too. <laughs> just like our guy. Sorry, I apologize, but the Packers are back in the mix and that's just freaking wonderful. And that's who we're playing next week, so amazing timing. Dallas Cowboys who are playing next week. Dak Prescott's healthy and ready to go. Oh, I'm super distracted. Let's just end this hockey game. Come on. Come on, Drew Lurks and Eck. Win the game for us, please. Please? God. Son of a biscuit. Tony Pollard, though, rushed for 115 yards. And obviously the uh, <laughs> Zeke Elliott, no longer really much of a threat for the Dallas Cowboys. Thankfully, Delvin Cook still is. Aaron Jones ran up with that Dallas team. I kept hearing about how great Dallas's defense is. Is it, though? Haven't they been giving up tons and tons of points and the Sharks just won? You've got to be kidding. Uh, well, that's over. The Wolves defeated the, uh, that's, well, the Wolves defeated Cleveland. You'd think this would have been the opposite. The, the Sharks, the Wild beat the Sharks, the Wolves beat the, the Wolves lose to Cleveland tonight, but nope, it went the other way. Jeez. That's on my laptop on the side here. Let's switch over to football. And I can get where I need to be. I apologize for being distracted. Epic. Uh, yeah, this is a this was a Super Bowl many years ago, back in '94, and I was watching that far back. The uh, the the red team won that game pretty easily. We'll see if the red team gets this gets the job done here. This might be more of a defensive battle because San Francisco's got some damn good defense, despite the fact their offense can be pretty dangerous as well. Dak Prescott can throw for a million yards, but he can make mistakes as well. The Vikings have beaten Dallas. The Vikings have lost to Dallas. Um, the Vikings got beat last year by all what's-his-name. I mean, it was so frustrating. <laughs> it was strange, actually, how the Vikings found a way to lose to, uh, to Cooper Rush last year. But it happens. Um, Cooper Rush has had some nice moments. He's actually officially leading the Cowboys in passing yards because Dak Prescott had that terrible injury. But he's back playing again. Good for him. Can I just see the numbers? What the heck is this crap? This is so stupid. That doesn't make any sense. This really doesn't. Yeah, come on, man. Anyhow, I don't like the way this is set up at all. This is terrible. Uh, but yeah, Cooper Rush obviously has been the main quarterback. But again, Dak Prescott's healthy again. Good for him. Tony Pollard's been a little better than Zeke Elliott. And he didn't play today. Prescott, again, hasn't played a whole lot. Uh, CD, but yeah, just coming back from the ankle injury, so hopefully the Vikings can get the job done. Trevon Diggs, the other, so it's Diggs to Diggs now. 
Uh, Trevon Diggs, like last year, had like seven interceptions. This year he's at three at the moment. CeeDee Lamb, another one of those big, big name wide receivers that came out in that phenomenal wide receiver draft. Uh, not quite as good as Justin Jefferson, but still dangerous. Definitely a threat. I got to think Dallas's offense is a much bigger threat than their defense. It's just that, uh, you know, Trev- Trevon Diggs can get those interceptions, force those turnovers and such. He can definitely be a pain in the butt to deal with. Dallas's offense is definitely a threat. Uh, Dak Prescott can get a lot of yards and all that, but he can make mistakes. He, to me, is not an elite quarterback. He's a good quarterback. But yeah, CeeDee Lamb's obviously a huge threat. 150 yards today with two touchdowns, despite the fact that the Cowboys did not get the job done. Tony Pollard can get some catches and all that. He's not that spectacular, but he certainly ran well today, 115 yards. I'm more afraid of him than I am of Zeke Elliott at the moment. But uh, you certainly can run on the uh, Cowboys. I mean, at least Aaron Jones made it look that way. Almost six yards a carry. Definitely tech mobile football again. There I go saying that again. But I think you can do a little of both. And I know how Aaron Rodgers has owned the Cowboys most of his career. He has. He only attempted 20 passes. Almost a perfect quarterback rating. Did not turn the ball over. Way the heck better than last year. Prescott, I think, can be forced into mistakes. And why should I pick against the Vikings now? And... Why should I? I mean, the, the chances of the Vikings winning the game are probably higher than most people want to admit. This and that. Let's look at the history, though. Again, love what... Uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. <clears throat> love uh, love the Vikings' chances against the Dallas Cowboys. I love what they've done so far this season. And this one will be in U.S. Bank Stadium. It will be on CBS this time. And it will be in the later group. So 3.30 and all that. So that means another probably similar type of a show, uh, or at least the timing that I'm recording it as last as this week anyway. Cowboys and Vikings, I'll try not to babble too much. I apologize that I've done that in the past. Cowboys lead the all-time series 18-15, to 15, and it's been kind of ugly lately because the guys like Cooper Rush and Andy Dalton have given us a hell of a time lately. The Vikings are 1-4 since 2013, actually, versus the Cowboys. Uh, we played the Cowboys many times. We played them very close. Um, we'll come back to that very shortly. We'll just go back to the really early history just for fun. All the way back in 1961, the Vikings lost actually the first four games against the Cowboys. Uh, 61, the play played the Cowboys twice. And it was about a week apart. Yeah, I think I talked about this earlier, didn't I? Feels like I just did, but maybe not. Just a week apart, the Vikings lost both of them way back in 1961. Uh, 1966, the Vikings lost 28-17 to the Cowboys. Got crushed in 68, 20-7 to in uh, Met Stadium. And the Vikings finally beat the Cowboys in 1970. A really good Viking team, 54-13 to over the Cowboys. Impressive. Vikings lost to the Cowboys in 71 in a playoff game, which was, you know, crappy and sad. Vikings defeated the Cowboys in 73. I believe that was... Yep, that was. It was the NFC Championship game. We beat the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game in 1973. Yep, when targeting just kind of, he just walked off the field. Like, all right, yep. And then we had to play the Steelers next. And, you know, yeah, we we lost, unfortunately. Um, I actually saw the end of that game, not in real life, but like YouTube and all that. You got to watch it and all that. And there was no celebration at all. Targeting just went right to the locker room. Like, yep, okay, we just... <laughs> We just lost to the Dolphins. Now, let's not lose to this new Steelers team, which is like the new dynasty, apparently. And that's exactly what they were, unfortunately. 
The Vikings went pretty convincingly, and, and that was in Texas Stadium, too. So, very impressive win for the Vikings. Uh, you had the infamous Drew Pearson play two years later. Vikings did beat the Cowboys the next year, though, before the Drew Pearson play um, by two points in Dallas. So, okay, we beat the Cowboys back-to-back games there. Only the third win in franchise history versus the Cowboys. Crazy to think that the second win in franchise history was the NFC title game. But then there was the infamous Drew Pearson play, arguably the greatest Vikings, uh, arguably the greatest Vikings team of all time. Uh, we lost in a divisional playoff game, which odds are we would have won the Super Bowl that year because I believe the Cowboys beat the, uh, I believe the Cowboys beat a, a mediocre Denver team in the Super Bowl, which is very similar to 1987, where the Vikings couldn't win it, uh, couldn't win the NFC title game. And Washington beat a, crushed a mediocre Denver team in that Super Bowl. So, extremely frustrating there. Two years later, the Vikings lose an OT to the Cowboys. Again, yeah, three-game losing streak to that awful Cowboy team, just because they're evil. Uh, yeah, Vikings get beat badly. An aging, old Vikings team lose on New Year's Day in the NFC title game in 1978. There is no box score, unfortunately. We lose the NFC title game. That's the first of six... NFC title games lost. Six consecutive. You lose in 78. This That's who it was against. You lose in 78 to the Cowboys. And then 20 years later, you lose in 98 to the frickin' Falcons. It took 20... No, no, no. That was, yeah, 28 years. Well, 20 years later, you lose in 98. Yes. But then there was 87. That was uh, nine years later. You lose to the Washington Redskins, unfortunately. Gosh, that was only nine years later. I feel like, yeah, you'd think it'd be much longer, but that was my whole life back then. <laughs> yep, lose to the Washington Redskins, you lose to the Falcons, and blah, blah, blah. It seems like it's kind of like a trend. Like every nine to ten years or so, if I can get back to the NFC title game, but then they keep losing it. Hopefully if the Vikings get to the NFC title game this year. They get passed and they actually win a Super Bowl. But other than that, kind of a back and forth, back and forth for years. The... Yeah, I remember the 93 Cowboys beat the Vikings pretty pretty bad, 37-20. to 20. That was depressing. Vikings crushed a terrible 1988 Dallas Cowboys team when they were, I believe, 1 and That might have been the year they went 1-15. But then ultimately, yeah, Herschel Walker traded to Minnesota in 89, and things went a little better for the Cowboys after that. But, um, yeah, the Vikings, or Cowboys actually really sucked for a little while in the late 80s. And then by 92, they were winning Super Bowls, unfortunately. Luckily, it's been pretty quiet since then. Uh, Vikings absolutely owned the Cowboys uh, from that Thanksgiving day on after the Vikings had lost another playoff game to the Cowboys in 96. That was a wild card game, 40-15. to 15. Um, uh, uh, Not Ontario Smith, but uh, Orlando Thomas tore his ACL in that game, came back the next year, and was never the same again. Um, never. Kind of like uh, Cedric Griffin tore his ACL in the NFC title game. Never the same again. Uh, the, uh, never the same. He was a really good safety. Both of these guys were really good safeties. Cedric Griffin is actually a cornerback, but he could kind of play both. Um, excellent, excellent cornerback was Cedric Griffin. And then after that, he was a terrible cornerback who couldn't keep up with anybody. And kind of similar with Orlando Thomas. He was terrible after that. It's so sad. Ugh. But then the 98, the Vikings beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. Awesome. 46 to 36. Randy Moss had three catches and scampered to Pater in all three of them. That was super fun. 99, the Vikings beat the Cowboys in a game where it looked like the Cowboys were going to beat us. 
and then things turned around very quickly after that, and the Vikings ended up getting the win by 10 points, beat the Cowboys pretty easily in the uh, first round that year, only to get crushed by the Rams the next week. But again, the Vikings started actually beating the Cowboys. We'd won five games. We won, We would win five games in a row after uh, winning that Thanksgiving day. Or Yeah, that was what started the five-game win streak anyway. Culpepper opened the season versus the Cowboys in September 94. Five touchdown passes. That was awesome. Number two to Peyton Manning for the MVP that year. Lost to the Cowboys in 2007. Yep, that was not a good day. But a very nice, improving Cowboy team with... Uh, Tony Romo at quarterback. Things just went south for the Vikes in that one. Vikings then beat the Cowboys easily in 2010, 34-3. But also the left tackle, will be reminded, was injured in that game. And the Vikings teed off on, uh, Vikings defensive line teed off on Tony Romo in that day. And went on to the NFC title game, only to lose in heartbreaking fashion to the icky, yucky Saints. So depressing. So depressing. Vikings then would beat the Cowboys by three in 2010. Mediocre Viking team in 2010. Whatever. Uh, since then, though, Vikings are one and four, only beating the Cowboys once in 2019. And Mike Zimmer accidentally said the wrong thing. Instead of you like that, it was the Vikings won in a primetime game in Dallas on the road after losing in heartbreaking fashion with uh, Mike Prefer as head coach for a game when Mike Zimmer was going through uh, eye surgery and all that stuff after poking his eye. Very impressive showing against a very, 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 very good Cowboy team. Well, he's a good regular season Cowboy team. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers made them look like morons in the playoffs later that year, which I was okay with. <laughs> it was funny. He made them look like idiots. So I, I kind of got entertained by that a little bit because I, I don't like the Cowboys. They're, I, I just don't. Um, sorry, I just really don't. Um... But then Mike Zimmer made the mistake and said, you like how this tastes. Instead of, you like that? He said, you like how this tastes. Oops. That was embarrassing. Wow. Uh, 2020, a terrible Viking team with a vibe that was about as terrible as it gets. And a head coach that had, uh, well, you know, head coach that stunk or had, had completely lost his fastball by then. Andy Dalton, who had pretty much owned the Vikings and all that. It's, uh, despite Kirk Cousins having great numbers, Andy Dalton beat the Vikings and made us look bad in that day, 31-28. to 28. And then last Halloween, Cooper Rush made the Vikings look like complete idiots. Uh, Vikings still almost won that game, but oh man, it was embarrassing. A terrible, terrible vibe. Beautiful, beautiful Halloween night, but an embarrassing, embarrassing day. Cooper Rush is better than the credit we gave him, but uh, whatever. Let's get to where we need to be. I think the Vikings can beat the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Vikings will beat the Dallas Cowboys. Is this risky talk? Because, I mean, I, I, I man, I want to, I want the Vikings to just win every game and win the Super Bowl. I want it so bad, but maybe this is one of those weird trap games and hopefully this doesn't mess everything up for the Vikings' chances of home field or anything crazy like that. Get the job done, win this game, that'd be great. I mean, I can see some potential trap games coming up against the Colts, the Giants, games like that. And then you wrap up with the Packers and Bears, but you still got Detroit and the Jets. Interesting. Yeah, if you go at Detroit, the Jets. Well, you just have a number of home games and then wrap up two games on the road against the hated Packers and Bears. Interesting. Um, this is probably the most dangerous team remaining on the Vikings' schedule, except in, you could say the Giants are, but it's it's a home game, and 
I don't know. The Giants aren't as scary as you might think, but maybe they are. They are 7-2 and two for a reason. Cowboys are kind of dangerous, and they just lost the game. Whoop, he missed. No, he made it. How did that change? Wow, the direction changed. That was impressive, actually. Interesting kick by the Chargers kicker there. I believe it's Oliver. Yeah, nice kick, man. <laughs> Anyhow, um, that was an interesting angle. I mean, I thought he'd missed that. It's like a curveball in football, or baseball, excuse me. Like at the last second, it kind of curved. It kind of like it caught something. And curveball, well, he looks like he's about... 15 years old, that guy. <laughs> Anyhow, um, obviously the Cowboys offense is dangerous, this and that. This Vikings offense should be better than the Cowboys offense, I, I think. And I don't see any reason. I mean, the Vikings have struggled against this Cowboy team lately. I don't see the Vikings losing at home to the Dallas Cowboys. I just don't. This might end up being one of those insane seasons. 15-2, and 16-1. Might end up going that direction. There's a real chance here. I can't go against this Viking team right now. Um, the Vikings, I think, win this game. Final score of... Is it going to be one of those crazy days where if they finally break out and get 34-plus but without overtime? I don't know. Let's go with the final score of... Yeah, let's go with 31-27. The Vikings have a pretty epic battle with the Cowboys, but find a way to get it done. They will trail in the game. There will be times in the game where you think the Vikings aren't going to win, but they get the job done when it matters. Uh, Justin Jefferson, easiest pick. This is like a bunch single, 100-plus uh, yards in the game. But I think Cook also runs for over 100 again. I think he has his third straight day with 100-plus yards on the ground. Vikings defeat the Dallas Cowboys 31-27. to I'm not that scared of that defense, but don't be surprised if Diggs does get at least one interception on Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins has been throwing interceptions this year. There's no doubt about that, but I think... This will be a efficient game. Only one turnover by Kirk Cousins. And the Vikings get the job done. It will be a threat. There will be some frustration with the defense and the amount of yards they give up, but the Vikings end up winning the day out by a final score of 31-27. 31-28, pardon me. With that, we'll take a quick break and get to what you guys have to say right after this. back here on Purple Mafia. Segment number three, Fan Interaction. Let's get to the Twitter account. No call-ins today that I know of, anyway. I don't think so. I kept checking and checking, so I apologize if somehow, some way, I missed. Also, I should give a... I, I should make sure I cite them. Uh, footballdatabase.com footballdb.com is where I get the history for these teams, like the Vikings and Cowboys and all that such as I scroll around, so I want to give them a, uh, want to cite them and give them a shout out. They deserve it for uh, putting that together for us. Thank you very much, Football Database. Uh, Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, and you'll notice there's a new logo on both Facebook, Twitter, and on the podcast feed out there as well, Spotify, Apple, all that. Um, really, really exciting. Nice logo, and thank you so much, Dylan, from the, so you go from Dylan Richardson of the sportsstuff.com, sports and I'm going to stay in touch with him the rest of my life if I can, uh, just in case he's listening, Dylan Richardson. Maybe he is, especially after today's game. Uh, I'm going to stay in touch with you the rest of my life if, and rest of your life and all that good stuff if we can. I 
I would love that so much. Out of Northern Cal, again, he's the guy that really got me into the podcasting world uh, with the sportsstuff.com. And how ironic, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan Kayser out of Vancouver, British Columbia, is the president of the hockey podcast, uh, Hockey Podnet, Hoops Podnet, and Pigskin Podnet. Isn't that just the coolest thing? So it's Dylan again, Dylan Kayser, though, in this case, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia area. So both west coast, you could say, but a little further north in uh, Dylan Kayser. Also a really, really nice guy. So introducing Dylan to the mix if I didn't last week. I hope he did. He made the design for the new logo. And ironically, the old logo, which goes way, way back now, Dylan Richardson made that one. Oh, gosh, maybe about eight years ago, about 2014-ish. And then he updated it with a feature look uh, not too long ago. And it was on the sportsstuff.com. That was pretty cool, the the rectangle-shaped logo. But now we have a we have a facelift. We have a brand new logo, Dylan Kayser. Thank you so much. What a great job! You got the uh, mean looking, you got the mean looking Viking guy with the the ball, and of course the uh, mafia hats at the bottom with the with the faces and all that. Pretty cool. So I mean, the couple of there were a couple of hybrid logos that were kind of together. And I said, why not? Yeah, like maybe maybe we could merge that together. Put the hats there, and then well, he's the one that had the idea of merging them together. And that you know, bringing the hats over from a different one, and have that uh, cool-looking Viking, and then bringing the ball, the hand with the ball over as well. Really cool. Thank you, Dylan Kayser. Out of uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. Again, great logo. Doesn't it look nice? And you get those mafia hats at the bottom there. The Purple Mafia, Minnesota Vikings podcast. And uh, again, it is. It's an honor, and it's a really nice modern logo, and thank you so much. So now that I've babbled enough, I want to thank uh, the Big Skin Podcast Network, Malcolm McSween, and who's the last one there? Tanae Brown out of New Zealand for retweeting the most recent episode. Vince Germano didn't this week. Oh, I hope he's oh, hope everything's okay. I missed the guy. Um, maybe he did, and I'm missing it. No, yep. And then when I uh, put up the new logo and everything, like, ooh, look at this. Malcolm, TP, TPPN, the Pigskin Podcast Network, and Dylan Kayser all retweeted that one. And uh, Malcolm out of California says, very nice. Pigskin Podcast officially followed me then. And they were replying, saying, you know, the skull with, uh, I believe that's Skull Scott. He's kind of like, almost like the Vikings mascot nowadays with that purple paint and all that. He's been around forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Um, he's one of the huge fans for the Vikings that follows them all over the place and all that. Uh, going, skull, 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 skull. Yep. <laughs> Basically, it's like, a, you know, one of those uh, those repeating uh, videos they do on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, that's the Pigskin Podcast. I'm like, thank you very much. It's an honor. Mad Martin says, good start. And it was. And then I said, I said, yuck, man, this is week two all over again. Bleep this. And that was after the interception and things going so south. Uh, Mad Martin said, seriously, what did you expect? This game was always going to be a test of how good we are. And it sure was, wasn't it? <laughs> and I was saying, pretty much, I knew this is the hardest game there is. Still sucks when things went, when this goes, things go south. It's the fan in me pouting, I was saying, basically. And then he responds with, win or lose, we are contenders, my friend. And there's no doubt about that. Both of us kind of quiet, probably more involved with the game than on Twitter. It was just, it was that kind of day. It was that kind of day where we were just watching so closely. We didn't really say much. Um, so 
it was an emotional day. Unfortunately, again, put in perspective, it is a regular season game. So, I mean, obviously, a lot of us hungry, hungry Viking fans, we, you know, we wish we could start the playoffs today, go all the way and win it all. That, that's what I want so much. Uh, and Nervous Scotland, that's what it's called? In, no, no, Inverness, Scotland. Cool, Northern Scotland there. Mad Martin. Uh, hope to hear from you as a call-in again soon. That would be wonderful. Really miss that, actually. You have the greatest calls of all time. Mark Carlson, uh, as we head over to facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, and of course, again, the new logo is there as well. Uh, this was, uh, he was sharing it to J. Mason Carlson. Mark Carlson says, hey, J. Mason Carlson, get the download and tell Anthony he needs to call in. It's been a while, and yes, thank you very much. Hopefully, that does happen. I would love to hear from, uh, yeah, and I'd like to hear from uh, Jay also. And uh, Mark Carlson, call in too. Gerald String, go ahead and call in again. Love hearing from you. Uh, yep, and I was showing up. Oh, look at this. It's the new logo. Gerald String has school and a scary looking logo there, <laughs> but awesome as well. There were a couple of comments. Let's see what they say here. This is again the Facebook page. Yep, Mark Carlson, Skull, and then I was saying it's awesome. Yep, and thank you guys so much. That was kind of a cool logo there, too. And then I was saying again, oh, I hate that sound, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Mark Carlson was saying, yep, looking fresh, Skull, and yep, thank you very much. Then we get to the in-game threads, and I was kind of pouting and getting mad at JJ for a little bit there. I was saying, love, yeah, because he actually may have injured his hamstring a little bit after the opening uh, the game touchdown early on the opening drive love JJ but sometimes I think he's getting too big for his bridges and needs to come back down to earth that's what we get for dancing ourselves to injury on the first drive of the game breaking news winning is more important than scripted celebrations I was saying Mark Rossman was saying you like that good luck Purple Mafia Studios naming the coming episode I feel like we win the Super Bowl I hope so you don't know how much I hope so, Mark. Oh, it's, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. You're saying, Ty, I'm going to flip out, and luckily that didn't happen. I didn't think it would. Uh, but yeah, no, going into OT, it was frustrating. Mark was saying, I have so much emotion right now. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Absolutely. Mark, uh, Mark Dale said, the hammer, giddy up, let's go. <laughs> Mike Dale said, we have to, yeah, we have to be the worst Second quarter team in the league. We always get smacked around on defense and our offense goes into the into hibernation in the second quarter. It's weird, isn't it? It goes into the second quarter of just about every game. That just can't happen against good teams like the Bills. We killed them. Yes, says Mark Carlson. We killed them. Dead. We are the Vikings. We are the Vikings. Or we are Vikings anyway. Sorry, I read it wrong. I wish this was in chronological order, but it's spread all over the place. Mark was saying, fire the kicker, I've had enough. Go for two from now on. <laughs> Mark, uh, Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota says, good play by defense, fumble, and nice run. Yep. Mike Dale says, really excited about this one. Interesting to see how this team stacks up against a legitimate Super Bowl contender despite Josh Allen's injury and his possible diminished capacity. Yep, luckily there were all, unfortunately for us, there was no diminished capacity, but still won the game, which is really big. A purple streak and a purple strike. Could that have been Delvin Cook? No, it couldn't have been, because uh, that's earlier. 
Mark Carlson said 10 points so far. 10. Only 10. That's a shame. Three quarters of football and we have 10 points. Come on. This is where we make the change and things did change. Oh, didn't they though? We're on up a 33. Isn't that the darndest thing? Brett McCarthy says, well, this is getting out of hand real fast. Come on, defense. Mike Dale said Hawkinson had to interfere. Saved an interception for sure. Yeah, that was on that pass, inter uh, pass interference call. That was really frustrating. McCarthy says, geez, throw it right to them. That was the second interception. Yep. Ugh. Mark says, come on, refs, you suck at making any legit calls in this game. Referees, please just do your job. Idiots, here is where the NFL can improve. Allow the coaches to throw a challenge leg on the field and call for a review for a stupid, obvious wrong call or a no call. Yeah, it was frustrating. If it was going to happen, I need to start now. Yep, and it did. It did. Yep, but like the comeback. Mike Dale says, damn it, Joseph again with the miss, mixed extra point. I have a feeling that will come back to haunt us. Hope I'm wrong, and it almost did, but it didn't. Thank God. Mike Dale says, fourth quarter coming up, time to wake the offense out of its usual second quarter slumber. And it did, didn't it? Mark Carlson says, fourth quarter, let's roll before I die. And that's, again, the before I die uh, logger from Sterling. And, yes, I still have some here. Believe it or not, have so much stuff. But yeah, that's a good one, and uh, hopefully they do win a Super Bowl before we die. Mark said, "Eat the clock and score." Clutch Kirk, where are you? And he was there. Yep, we didn't eat the clock up enough, unfortunately. And the Bills tied it up. Let's let's go score before the half. Brett and Brett was saying, <laughs> "Nice." Yep, and things were not so good there, were they? Mike Dale says, "We." We just can't defend against mobile quarterbacks, can we? Skull, that's when things got way, way better. Can't play catch-up. Yep, come on. And expect to beat this team in a shootout, and somehow we did. Eric Hendricks, yep, the crazy Eric Hendricks fumble recovery. Mike Dale couldn't believe it. And then Patrick Peterson with the inter with the first interception of two. Mark Carlson saying his name there. How long can we do this? Moreover, why do we have to punish the fans? Yep. What a throw by Kirk. Yep, said uh, Mike Dale. Yep, no doubt. Yeah, there was some definite drama. Interesting one here. <laughs> Mark Carlson, again, out of Iowa, says, please engineer a play that will get a positive yards in first and ten. The Buffalo defense isn't buying anything Kirk is selling on first down. That was so frustrating, wasn't it? Mike Dale was like, it's almost like a pitcher constantly fl uh, failing to throw a first-pitch strike and always falling behind in the count. Not a recipe for success, for sure. Yeah, that's true, very much so. Boy, it's weird looking at the old logo and then the, red, the new logo right there. Uh, Mark responded with, right, it's been going on for too long. It's time to make the defense, any defense, start guessing. Mike, yep. So Buffalo scores, but damn it, there was no penalty on Diggs. That tackle helped to set up the score. Yeah, the, the jersey tug, that was insanely frustrating as well, where that should have been called against the uh, against Buffalo uh, on Hawkinson. That was ridiculous. Yep, none of us could believe that either. Not BS, non-call. And Brett McCarthy was wondering, what's going on? Why is Madison, why is it always Madison instead of Cook? Like, that was kind of weird, wasn't it? Mark said, I like Madison. I like purple talent. 
Brett was saying, offense needs to get going, and then it's classic school, everyone at the beginning. We always love hearing from, from him there. Mike Dale, yep, there was Delvin with that uh, 81-yard scamper. Just what the doctor ordered. Delvin has lost a step, my ass. Yep, oops, look what I've done. Now I, now I made everyone mad when I say that, right? Uh, how, how the hell was that a horse? Yep, horse-bleeping crap tackle. Yeah, that was against the uh, Stefan Diggs, and then Brett McCarthy was agreeing. Final one here. Mike Dale says, did J.J. actually injure his hammy during the celebration? I sure as hell hope not. And he may have a little bit, but luckily things went the right direction after that for uh, Justin Jefferson, so I guess not. It didn't hurt him too bad, but maybe he's really sore right now. I don't know. Hope he's okay. Josh Mayer Henry out of Colorado says, wow, that's all I got to say for this one. This is the post-game threat, of course. Mark Carlson replied with, I screamed until I have no voice, Josh. And again, I hope that uh, I hope things went in the right direction here. Gerald Sring says, wow, are you kidding me? Score a touchdown on the first drive about all the time and wait till towards the end and put down the, I put the hammer down since was the national feed. I got to see snippets of it after it was 20 to, uh, 27 to 10, maybe, or something like that. Yeah, 24 to 10. Nick, that went uh, outside to do yard work. My wife's starting to yell at me to come in the house. Man, and then the overtime to me, it's not luck anymore. This team plays with a swagger we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, it really is something, isn't it? Jerry Hicks out of St. Louis says, that was fun. What a game. Brad McCarthy was basically saying, hell of a game there. Yep. Brad McCarthy calls them comeback kids. Strike again. Yep, and that's been kind of uh, becoming a thing. Andre, Andre on board, says uh, Josh Allen is a remarkable quarterback, probably the best in the league, but had two critical turnovers to give away the game at the end. Best game I've seen in a long time. Yeah, this is a historical day. And Brett McCarthy showing an image of... Does it play? Oh, shoot. Image of... Uh, yep, yeah. Um, an image of... Uh, Patterson, uh, Peterson, pardon me. <laughs> I'm crazy. Peterson, not Patterson, celebrating. Mark Carlson says, Patrick Peterson, yep. Pat, Patrick, get it? You get it? You get it? Okay, Mark Carlson says, I have so much emotion, and it isn't even a playoff game. I jumped and screamed at the TV, just like the rest of you, I guess. There is a lot to say about this game, Joey. I'm not sure how you will get it done. Good moments, bad moments, impossible odds, unearned penalties, non-called penalties that hurt our team. Weather, wind, crowd noise, and ten other things, all in all in one game. That leaves me with one question for Rubble Mafia, and that is, will this team build some confidence that carries over? Because as a fan, I don't think we can ever R-E-L-A-X it's just not in our DNA. We are Vikings. Skull. Yep, an American flag there. Yep, because I think, yeah, the main difference with this team compared to, like, say, 98 and even 2009 and all that, and 17 and all that, is we're winning close games that we'd often lose. So there's something different. Could it be? Could it be an unexpected, out of nowhere, like, oh, my God, we actually win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? When all of us were like, couldn't couldn't wait to get him out of here, myself included, at the end of last season, like get rid of the coach, the GM, and the quarterback. Let's go in a different direction. Hope to get lucky in the draft with the the right guy. 
And then next thing you know, here we are. We bring them all back, and then we win a Super Bowl? I mean, I don't know. It would really be quite historic if that were to take place. Uh, Mike Dale wraps things up the way, the way only he can. Holy cow, that looks amazing. Let's get to it. It's uh, Let's sink my teeth into this beast of a column. It's literally a column. <laughs> what a game. Mike Dale again out of the New York area. So incredibly crazy. Mad as a hopping box of frogs, in fact. Are you not entertained? Just like, uh, again, Maximus said once in the movie. Yep, uh, Gladiator, right? Maximus, Maximus, yep. <laughs> Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Okay, sorry. I can't talk too loud. I'm afraid of creepy people upstairs. <clears throat> At the start of the day, I was looking to see if this team can hang with the big boys. Well, we got our answer. Man, this team had some serious fight in it. I was looking for a heart and some big-time clutch game winners showing up for the purple today. They showed it in spades. Go to into Orchard Park and take the game to a team as dynamic as the Bills that pushed them to their limit and come out with the come-from-behind, yep, 17 points down, come-from-behind win in a shootout against Josh Allen. Stand up and take a bow, Vikings. Seriously, so much went on in this game to discuss. Players playing like garbage in the first half and then redeeming themselves, etc. The secondary getting torched most of the day, but came up big when needed. Common theme, though, this season. Coming up big when needed. Mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson looked like he was the only one who wasn't a deer in the headlights in that secondary today. But then again, they're playing against guys like Diggs and Davis with Josh Allen, who didn't play like he was injured, by the way, feeding them the balls, feeding them the balls, <laughs> when he wasn't busy scrambling and running them over. Yeah, yeah. One after another, one after another, third and long converted by the uh, Bills. It was really frustrating, wasn't it? It was demoralizing. Continuing, we definitely missed Cam Dancer, as it was a trial by fire for the likes of Booth. Whew, yeah, he had some rough moments. And Evans, who was good, but then got hurt as well with the concussion thing. Duke Shelley, though, came up with a big play in crunch time. I had no idea who he was bef uh, before winning his his witnessing his pass deflection. Yep, I, I just saw the name. Like, oh yeah, the Vikings uh, activate... Um, Duke Shelley. Yep, that's all. That's the only way I knew who he was. They they activated Duke Shelley. Well, all right, Duke, go get him, Duke. <laughs> that said, even with Dantzler, I'm not so sure he would have fared much better against Allen and Co. The officiating was absolutely horrendous. They got so many calls and non-calls wrong. It was comical at times. The officiating crew would get my Christian Bonner Memorial Award. Greg Joseph was a close second with another one of his trademark missed extra points, which almost cost the Vikings the game as well. We might actually need to start considering shopping for a new kicker. This really shouldn't be happening in almost every week now. Apparently, though, that was more of like a, a special teams like kerfuffle where Mr. Yeah, kerfuffle, since we like to use fancy words. Me and Mike Dale likes to use, like to use those kind of words. Um, whereas... Uh, what was I saying? Um, Christian Derrissaw was supposed to be out there, but he was in concussion protocol. Uh, Bradbury didn't come out in time to help replace him, and uh, Greg Joseph had to rush the kick, so supposedly that was part of the problem, kind of special teams coaching and such. Um, 
So, yes, yeah, he's getting frustrated about the missed extra point. I completely understand, but apparently that one wasn't as much his fault as it, as it may have, could have been. Let's continue with what Mike Dale is saying. Justin Jefferson, easily the Fran Tarkington Award winner. Yep, he got it. Dalvin Cook also had a good day. Lucky for him at the end with the drop pass on the goal line. Ugh, yeah, that was irritating. The Bills ran off sides on the play. Remember that? Yeah, that was a big one. Big moment. Kirk showed a lot of guts and toughness, physicality and mentally, uh, physically and mentally, pardon me, as he shrugged off his earlier interceptions. Dare I say, he's starting to look the part now and is becoming clutch against <laughs> against greater than 500 teams now. I know it's only one win against a very good team this season, but man, this this is one big scalp Buffalo Bills to claim. Yep, many players were having a rough game earlier and atoned big time when it mattered. Eric Kendricks and Kirk obviously in the boat. Yeah, definitely. Eight and one. And now I'm sitting here watching the as advertised NFL's America uh, NFL America's game of the week between the three and six Packers and the six and two Cowboys. That's cute considering we all just got done watching real America's game. Yeah, that was the real one. Vikings and Bills. It was the game of the day. It had to be. Um st- America's real, uh, watching the real America's Game of the Week. Still following and supporting this team with guarded heart. Yep, I'm guarded too. But Kevin O'Connell and Kolo are starting to convince me that they are for real. Anyway, this post is already too long-winded as as it is, so I'm going to stop now, and uh, I apologize. Nope, that was actually absolutely fantastic. And we're going to pass out the stars. Mike Dale, gold star. (laughs) Mike Dale, gold star. (laughs) <laughs> Mark Carlson, gold-plated silver. And what was that? Boom, lots of booms. The bronze is going to go to me. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's going to go to me, right? It's all about me, damn it. Um, the bronze, that's going to be a little tougher. Hey, Mike and Mark, yeah, those guys are just having a hell of a year, aren't they? It's a lot of fun keeping up with them. Um, who's going to get the bronze today? I'm going to have Brett and uh, Mad Martin share the bronze today. Uh, Andre uh, Andre actually should get it, if anything. Andre and Gerald and all them. I mean, you guys are just... Uh, it's like I want to give something to everybody. I just love you guys. But if I do that all the time, it, you'll be like, that doesn't mean anything now. Um, I'm going to give the bronze to Andre. I want to give it to Andre today because it's been a long time. He uh, kind of comes and goes, but just in case he's listening, yeah, thank you so much for posting it there, Andre. Love hearing from you, obviously. I've, I've known him uh, longer than any of you, actually. Uh, I've known him since, gosh, early 90s at Maranatha Christian Academy. Andre Charavong. Yep, I've known him since the early, early 90s. Um, Filipino, yep, yep, Filipino, uh, Filipino bloodline. And all that, I've known him for many years. He was actually in between my brother and myself, class of 97. I'm class of 98. My brother's class of 96, so from high school, of course. Um, Yeah, great guy. Uh, We watched the Vikings get demolished by the L.A. Rams in 1999. That was depressing. I don't think we watched the Cowboys game. Maybe we did, but I don't remember. But I remember, yeah, we watched the Rams game, and we got demolished. We watched a couple games uh, together over the years. But that was probably the biggest one where the Cowboys, uh, where, where the Vikings beat the, uh, or the Vikings, the Rams beat the Cow- the Vikings pretty badly back in 99. That was it 49 to 37 or something. 
it was a mess. It was a nasty day. But uh, Vikings almost thought they had that thing, and then the Rams just went nuts after that. I think it was 49-27, not 37. But whatever it was, the Vikings lost, and it was disappointing. So Andre, bronze star today. With that said, wishing all of you a wonderful week, and hopefully this just hopefully this never ends, and this is finally it. I'm honest to God not satisfied if this team goes to the Super Bowl and loses. I'm not. I'm not. It'll have that empty feeling. And anything but a championship this year at this point will be sad. It'll be just sad. I'm not going to be like, disappointing. Well, who knows how things are going to end. Let's hope it doesn't end disappointing one way or another. I mean, when you're on this kind of run, things change. Your expectations change. Your hopes change. Um, I'm not going to be all, oh my God, we're going to win. We're going to win the Super Bowl this year. We're going to win the Super Bowl this year. That was 98. I've never done that again. I've never done that again. I I thought that team had it, and they just, at the last moment in that freaking Falcons game, or should I say the whole second half of that game, things just didn't go our way on that day. Uh, The Saints game, the Vikings look like the better team the whole time, but they turned the ball over 15 freaking times, so of course you're going to lose. Uh, even though you still almost won the game despite that. It was just that crazy how close it was until the far of interception. And the Vikings still had a chance to win that game. But we didn't because we never got the ball from the freaking Saints. That was just disappointing. We, we didn't have a chance, but we would have. Let's just leave it at that. Um, so, so sad. And then 17, everything just snowballed in Philadelphia. That was bullcrap. Uh, in a negative way. Um, Vikings were 11-1 and one in 2000. A lot of people forget about that. Then uh, Culpepper has the high ankle sprain and we lose the last four games of the year. Lose home field advantage by the skin of our teeth. We still would have, we would have had home, game, home field advantage in our sleep. Probably would have beaten the Giants easily and got demolished by the freaking Ravens because they were just better that year. So however this ends, I, I hope it's the year. I really do. Not overly optimistic that it is, but I really hope it is. Uh, great to see Christmas lights popping up everywhere. It's starting to happen. Go out there, if you're a Christmas light lover, go out and enjoy. Uh, it's starting to happen. Hopefully this continues, and that's, uh, but hopefully the Vikings run continues. Otherwise, enjoy the Christmas lights and um, enjoy the wonderful, wonderful season. I hope this, I hope it never ends. I hope this is an immortal season. 49ers just scored to make it potentially 13-10 to 10 if they make their extra point. We, yeah, I don't want to think about missing extra points or anything. With that said, have yourself a wonderful, wonderful week. And hopefully the Vikings continue this switch versus the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs>